It's September 25th, 2019, and the first day of Hawaii Public Radio's Fall Fun Drive. Welcome to a special edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we will bring you the latest technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship. I'm Bert Lum, and during this special edition, we have Dr. Kuule Rogers, assistant researcher from the Hawaii Institute of Marine Biology, Paolo Marin from the NOAA Coral Program, and Ali Shea from the Division of Aquatic Resources. And they're all here to tell us about some new technologies that are going uh, into the field to detect coral bleaching. Of course, now during our live broadcast, the phone lines are reserved for your pledges. So we're looking for new members. If any of you enjoy our, our weekly tech talks, uh, we hope you'll consider supporting the great original local programming at Hawaii Public Radio. Now, you can call pledge and pledge now by going to hawaiipublicradio.org or calling 944-8800 on Oahu or 1-888-970-8800 toll-free from the neighbor islands to make your pledge. But now, let's welcome the team here at the Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you, Bert. And of course, uh, what we have here is uh, a three from different places, but I'll start with Paolo and Paulo, I want you to kind of give us the context of what is happening with some of these technologies kind of in preparation for uh, this kind of coral bleaching event that you, you predict. Well, um, it's been hot lately, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Very hot. <laughs> Very hot. And humid. And NOAA, we have satellites that have been monitoring the situation. Mm-hmm. And not only they tell us that it's hot, but it's hotter than usual. Not only on land, in the air, but also in the water. And that we've known about four months ago that it was going to stay hot for a while during the peak of the summer season. And that's not good for corals. When it gets super hot, they start losing that beautiful relationship that they have with the tiny algae, the zooxanthellae, and mm-hmm. they bleach. They turn white. And we've, been know- we've known because of satellite data that is coming in that we have these temperature anomalies. And they're expected to get very high in October. And we know that there's going to be mass bleaching. We've known that for three months ago. So now what we've done is that we've been trying to get ready and get a, a basically a whole team of scientists that are going to be looking at the upcoming coral bleaching through an array of technology. Mm-hmm. So we have aerial surveys where you know, people are going to get on the plane and look at the reefs at the peak of the bleaching and get a statewide assessment. We also have a lot of um, team water teams that are going in the water for in-water monitoring, taking very close look at how corals are bleaching at species level. We have drones that are flying above the water, and they're going to take very high le- imagery of the corals during the peak bleaching, and then we're going to analyze that and see how they're doing. Now, Ali, uh, you know, when you reached out and, and suggested that we cover uh, some of the new technologies, I mean, what, what are some of the things that you're sort of exposed to and, and how is it being planned to get deployed into the field? So there's going to be a number of different technologies um, that some of our partners have been developing. Um, we're working with the Hasner Lab and their Center for Global Discovery and Conservation Science at ASU, and they also have a lab in Hilo. And they use um, mapping. They, they're generating um, maps of coral reefs using LIDAR technologies and their Global Airborne Observatory technology. Um, NOAA, our partners at NOAA are using some structure for motion, which they 
can actually get a 3D mapping of the reef. Um, so there's a, there's a number of different technologies. So, so when you talk about LIDAR, um, can you explain a little bit about the, what that is? Uh, what, what is it that they are, let's say, putting in the air and, and, and in terms of what kind of imaging is taking place? and they're taking wavelengths. Mm -hmm. And so that can, they're developing new technology that they're hoping they can get a read of the health of the coral. And then they're going to map it throughout the state. Cool. And uh, um, Kule, I mean, you're actually developing some interesting sort of citizen science uh, projects that people can can get involved in, which which we'll get into a little bit more detail, but I, I love this color wheel that you've got. Yes. We are very excited to launch this summer our bleaching um, color card. It's called a koa or coral, Hawaiian koa card. Mm -hmm. And it can help to determine the health and the bleaching of a reef. It can help not only managers and scientists, but also educators, students, and citizens in helping us to determine where the resilient areas are where we can send response teams out so we know what areas throughout the state are bleaching because we need as many people as we can to help us to determine this. And it's an easy, fast, efficient way that's non-destructive that can help train people to see what the health of the reef is. Now, now, Paulo, you, you know, in terms of your preparation, and now we kind of got a quick overview of some of the technologies that are uh, being developed. I mean, how extensive do you foresee this going out into the field, and what is it that you need to kind of deploy and prepare for? So this may be one of the best studies, mass bleaching events ever. So it's unusual that we've got a very clear early signal months in advance. Mm -hmm. Last time around, we had a mass bleaching event was 2015, 16, 17. And it took us by surprise. We were not quite prepared for that. Now, the people at NOAA have developed seasonal outlooks. And early, before summer started, they told us this is happening. And the this thermal signatures coming in clear that waters are one to two degrees hotter than usual. That's a lot. So that gave us plenty of time to assemble the teams together to do the in-water monitoring that they're going to be doing. So... It's all a partnership. There's TNC scientists and NOAA and DAR, and there's a whole array of people that are going to be in the water looking at how the corals are doing because corals are basically all over the place, and it's really hard to look at it from just one organization alone. There's not enough people. There's not enough scientists. And this is why actually later on in the show when we're talking about citizen science, um, we're going to need the help. We're going to need to enlist all the people we need to look at corals and see how they're doing during the bleaching event. So, Ali, you know, over at the uh, Division of Aquatic uh, Resources, um, do you see a lot of, let's say, in, in terms of the state's involvement, what kind of deployment do you see the state kind of getting involved in and, and actually putting out into the field? So on each of our islands, we have a team, and all of those teams go out regularly, and then they are making special trips out probably in the next few weeks during the height of the bleaching season. And so we have full teams on all islands that will be going out and doing monitoring specifically for bleaching. So you mean in terms of these teams, uh, are they like uh, one-man teams, multiple people on the team? And, and how 
many weeks, months will they be out there working on data collection? Typically, the teams are four to six people, and it just depends on capacity that we have on each island. And they will be going out and doing um, not only initial monitoring of the height of the bleaching season, probably mid-October, but also going back in the subsequent months as well to look at recovery and resilience of our reefs throughout the state. How, how long of a period of time do you have to actually do the analysis? So uh, the peak bleaching can last uh, any number of weeks. So there's a little bit of time, and you want to get it. You want to get it before when it begins to build up to see which species, because they're they're not bleaching at the same time. There are species that are bleaching now, and there are others that are doing really well. And there are ones that are going to bleach in October. So you want to go continuously throughout the entire time and start looking at how the ecosystem is responding. You know, we do want to talk a little bit about the uh, citizen science piece and getting people involved. We're going to hold that thought. We'll be right back at this short break to continue our conversation with Kule Rogers, Paulo Marin, and Ali Shea about tech to determine coral bleaching. If you enjoy the local programming on Hawaii Public Radio, you can pledge on our website at hawaiipublicradio.org or give us a call at 944-8800 or from the neighbor islands. 1-888-970-8800. Now let's check back with Jason Taglinetti and Dabney Goff in Pledge Centro after this short message. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Shamanad University and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. We're back in the studio live here. This is Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio, and this is the first day of the Fall Pledge Drive. And if uh, you visit our website, you can pledge at hawaiipublicradio.org or give us a call, like uh, Jason just said, 944-8800, or from the neighbor islands at 888-970-8800. And, of course, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Kuule Rogers, Paulo Marin, and Ali Shea about uh, some of the new technologies and some citizen science uh, projects that people can get involved with helping to detect some of these uh, coral bleaching events. Now, Kuule, tell us a little bit about what the, what the situation is. I mean, it's pretty dire. The situation is very dire right now. The first bleaching didn't even occur in worldwide until 1985, and then in Hawaii, not until 1996, and we recovered from that bleaching event. But in 2014 and 15. We had some very severe bleaching in the state here, and there was 50% on the average bleaching and 35% mortality. So that means 35% of our corals died then. It was used to be that it was 20 to 25 years between bleaching events, and then NOAA had predicted six years, and Mm -hmm. this is just four years, and we're having an even more severe bleaching event than we did in 2014 and 15. So uh, these efforts to do detection is is really important because I think uh, the more we understand, the more we can perhaps prepare for some or at least uh, impact recovery. Now, uh, Ali, you're telling me about a couple of projects. You have uh, hawaiicoral.org. What is is that? So hawaiicoral.org is a new website, and it was developed by our, our partners at the Asner Lab, and it's basically a very user-friendly bleaching reporting uh, website. Mm -hmm. And so it's two clicks. You find your location on the map that you saw bleached. It's like dropping a pin on your phone for a location. You mark it on the map, 
and then you indicate the level of bleaching and you click submit and that's your report and it's real time. So you can see it up on the map right now. We have had, there's numerous, you can see the whole map is populated if you go online right now to hawaiicoral.org and it's a really great tool to get everyone involved. It's so easy and we're asking everyone to really participate and take care and steward our reefs by helping us find out where the bleaching is. Now, Kule, you know, the the, the uh, COA card that you've created, is that tied into hawaiicoral.org? It's a more detailed. It's uh, with the Coral Reef Ecology Lab.com, mm-hmm. and you can take a look at that there. But what it is is something that was developed from over 600 cor- corals mm-hmm. that we bleached slowly in the lab, and we took photos of it. We looked at their chlorophyll levels. We looked at their symbiont levels that uh, Paolo was talking about. We looked at their photosynthetic activity as well as a number of different health parameters, and we linked that with the color so that we could actually y- develop a tool that can let citizen scientists help us in determining the health of the reef. So is the best use of the coral, the, the coral card to, you know, kind of get a detection of what level of, of bleaching might have occurred? And then is that a, another way that they could report that into uh, hawaiicoral.org? Uh, we have our own site, and it is at PAC-IOS, the Pacific Island uh, oh, Ocean okay. Observing System. And uh, you can also put this more detailed information there. We have a phone app. And these are two different levels. There Mm -hmm. are several levels where you can report coral bleaching. So if you have the actual training and the cards, you can do it at the detailed level. If not, it's a really good opportunity to put it in either at the uh, coral.org. So hawaiicoral.org, is that just a visual? So people just do a visual and they say, okay, you know, I visually assess that there might be some coral bleaching and boom, I put a a dot on the uh, map. Yeah, it could be anything. You could be out surfing, you could be out fishing, you could be out snorkeling. And if you see a spot on the reef that's bleached, you can just go and do it. It doesn't need to be any parameters or any metrics. It's just presence, absence of it. Um, There's also... The Eyes of the Reef Network, so mm-hmm. it's eorhawaii.org, uh, and that is also, like the COA card, another more detailed reporting website, and it and they do trainings. Um, they promote citizen science as well, and so that's another way to get a more detailed report of coral bleaching that anyone can be involved in if they reach out there. So, Kuule, you said that there's a training that makes, takes place for the uh, COA card. Yes. Uh, where does that, what, what's involved with that training? On our website at coralreefecologylab.com, you can find where our trainings are taking place. We have already conducted most of the Outer Island ones. Ali is going to Molokai in a couple of weeks to do the Molokai training. And um, we also have these cards that are available at any of the Division of Aquatic Resources offices on any of the islands. Mm-hmm. But it talks about bleaching, and it also takes you into the water to help you to understand how to use the card and how to identify the health of corals. Now, do you envision taking this to the schools or getting, you know, getting high schoolers involved with perhaps uh, you know, looking at the coral? Yes, and that's what Kuule and her team have been working on. They've been doing outreach t- to everyone and that they can, and high school is definitely one of the demographics that they're looking at. Mm-hmm. 
And and Kule, I mean, where are the areas that you see the coral bleaching occurring the most? I mean, because I've heard of Kaneohe Bay, and there's a lot of things happening over there. And are there other areas that are really uh, susceptible? Right now, the state, most of the state, is starting to bleach, depending on the species of corals. The most vulnerable species, like Paolo was saying, are bleaching first already, and other species are following. There are some more resilient areas. We were just at Richardson's in Hilo doing the training, and that area has some freshwater seeps and some currents, and there are several degrees cooler, and you weren't seeing bleaching in that area. So it's important that we get these people out there mm-hmm. to help us to identify those areas. I'm kind of curious, you know, Papahana Mukuakea, I mean, what's happening over there? Is anybody kind of doing any coral detection in, in that area? So we are, exp- uh, as Kule mentioned, the bleaching is going to happen everywhere. Everywhere you see coral, will um, they will likely bleach uh, to some extent. In the northwest Hawaiian Islands, then they're not going to be an exception. They're going to get hit pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we have a newly discovered invasive um, algae that has gotten a hold of the areas there. But separate issue, but corals basically is an added stress. When we're talking about bleaching, it's a thermal stress. And when you're talking about invasive algae, it's one more sort of stress that they're getting on top of that. And when you compound all of this together, it's not good for the corals. Mm-hmm. So I know that citizen science would be very applicable in the state where there's a lot of people and, you know, they're doing a lot of uh, activities in the waters. But, you know, when you get out to the uh, um, places like the, the monument, uh, there's probably not a whole lot of people. So it's going to rely on some of the drones, aerials, LIDAR. I mean, that's kind of the, the information that's going to be informative of, of what's happening out there. Exactly. We, uh, we Most of it is going to be satellite observations, remote observations. It's super difficult to send a ship over there, and mm-hmm. it happens every every few years. So we're not going to have a whole lot of information, so we rely on satellites for places that are that remote. So, Ali, you want to pass on some good uh, websites for people to learn more th- information? Yes, yeah, so if you go to hawaiicoral.org and eorhawaii.org, as well as the pacios.com slash cc. And if you look at those three, then you can find a bunch of information about coral Well, bleaching. be sure to send that to me, and I'll put that up on our show notes for later on tonight. Dr. Kuule Rogers is an assistant researcher over at the Hawaii Institute of Marine Biology. Paulo Marin is from the NOAA Coral Program, and Ali Shea is the National Coral Reef Management Fellow over at the Division of Aquatic Resources. I want to thank you all for joining us today. Mahalo. Thank you for having us. Thank you for bringing out this message. And thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk to the winners of the recent Purple Prize, Kilo Hoku. In the meantime, don't go away. If you enjoy local programming like Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio, you can pledge by going to hawaiipublicradio.org or calling us at 944-8800 or from the neighbor islands at 1-888-970-8800. We will now check in with Jason Taglinetti and Dabney Goff over at Pledge Central after this short message.